happening, what's happening, blues people. Another Sunday, thank you for hanging out with me. We're going to talk about Black History Month. My hairline look crooked, but if this was back in the days, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but we're going to talk about Black History Month today uh, as it pertains to history as it pertains to ethnography, as it pertains to folklore, and as it pertains to the story of not just collectively of a people, but individually as a people. Um, you may have uh, noticed for the past couple of weeks, I speak earnestly about um, genealogy, uh, last name, family, Things of this nature, right? So we're going to talk about all these things uh, this evening. Uh, before we get into it, as you see, I'm drinking my Super Reds. We're having a 90-day Super Reds challenge. And again, if you, any of you seen my post the other day, if you read as long, write as long, work as long, on the computer as long as I am, which I know a lot of you are, Super Reds, you know, when, when I get to about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and I have these Zooms or whatever I have to do, it gives me another boost of energy, okay? Um, it is uh, the eve of Black History Month. We're going to be auctioning off this like I told you before. It is, uh, this is a mouse pad if you still have any... If you still have a desktop, I don't know if people still have desktops anymore. Let me know if people have desktops. Um, it is the eve of Black History Month. It is the eve of Black History Month. So there's a lot that we have to talk about because, um, you know, all right, so we're going to auction it off, brother. We're going to put you in the auction. Um... Black History Month. So you know what? Let's let's start from the beginning. And it, there's a couple of things I'm a, I'm a drop. I may not go through the whole story. If you want to get some of the um, the trajectory of Black History Month in our very first edition, in my um, article entitled "The Copper Colored Races: uh, Why Aren't Black Indians Part of Black History Month?" You should check that out. You can go to the African-American Folklorist website and you can access the very first issue. So now, Black History Month. What is this about? What is it? Morgan Freeman believes this should be eradicated, that we don't need a Black History Month. Uh, many of you saw the interview, I forget who was interviewing him, and what he shared was, you don't have a Jewish History Month, you don't have a White History Month, why do we need Black History Month? So then the interviewer says, so what should we have? And his response was, how about just American history, <laughs> right? Um, but that leads us to the inception of Black History Month, which was created, it was a week when it first started. It was created by Carter G. Woodson. Most of you know of him as uh, the father of black history. Most of you know of him uh, from his infamous book, The Miseducation of the Negro. A fun fact, he went to a college called Berea, I believe you say, Berea College, which is in Kentucky. Um, I don't believe, now, it's documented he didn't uh, graduate from there because of the stringent uh, segregation rules. So I think he finished out in Chicago, but he did attend uh, Berea College. Uh, if you know anything about that, you could drop it in the chat that's open. But let me just give you a little background on Berea College. It is a private liberal arts work college in Berea, Kentucky. It was founded in 1855. Okay, um, it is actually the first college in the southern United States to be co-educational and racially uh, integrated. So now, <clears throat> with that being said, Carter G. Woodson is the first for a lot of things, right? Um, he 
might have been the second to go to Harvard. Yeah, W.E.B. Du Bois was the first. But essentially, he is the one who created the first installment of Black History Month. It wasn't called that, forgive me, I'm going to go to my, my article because I have the actual name of what he called it when he first created the, when he first created, who's that? When he first created it, uh, man, I, I don't, okay, I'm not going to go through that right now, but it ended up because, I think it was African American History Week, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was African American History Week, it was called. So they were running it for a while. One of the reasons why, now we, we also want to discuss why it's in February, because a lot of people say it's in February because it's the shortest month. A lot of people say it's in February because yet again, we cannot get our earnest just do, our honest just do. So they gave us a month that's the shortest month as a slap in the face, but that's actually not the truth. The truth is uh, Carter G. Woodson, um, he, 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 he established it around what began to be known as Frederick Douglass's birthday. Now, we all know back in those days, the records of the birth of our people were not readily available. A lot of the people didn't know when they were born or actually how old they were, right? I tell the story often, uh, especially in my uh, performance, Jack Dapper Blues experience, that even my grandparents, I remember when um, my uncle, my aunt, and my mother did some research and found out when my grandfather was actually born, right? And how old he actually was. He wasn't too happy because it turned out he was older <laughs> than he thought he was, right? But the point I'm making is, this is an uh, ongoing occurrence of that region, of that time, of our people, the reclassification and the lack of documentation. Just on a side note, that was one of the major functions of the black church, vital records. They were the holders of the vital records. Now, with that being said, Frederick Douglass did not know when he was born but to my understanding, his mother used to say to him, he's his Valentine, he, that, that Frederick was his, her Valentine, her Valentine and things of this nature. So he just pretty much uh, established his birthday on Valentine's Day, which is February 14th. Also, my mother's birthday. And if you want to hear a great story about how my family uh, turned that into a new tradition, Make sure you get the new issue of the African-American Folklorist, which will be uh, published in March for Women's Month, which will be a special edition. So now, with that being said, Carter G. Woodson understood this. So his uh, veneration of Frederick Douglass, he decided to make the African-American History Week in February. Okay, that's why it's in February. But there's also another piece of the story. It started out a week, and for a long time, it was just a week. And then in some cases, it was going up, it was going down, people were not doing it, you know, whatever have you, and so forth. Because the purpose of it was, throughout the entire year, we're learning Western civilization, we're learning European um, education, so he was like, we're going to dedicate this time so that these students, black students, could learn their history, okay? Now, I, I know in the day we are in, and the fact that because there's so many, uh, uh, a lot of convoluted pieces to the American story and everybody that's in it, there's people finding who they are through their bloodline, through their genealogy and things of this nature. I'm not going into, are we African, or we Indian, or we Caribbean, or we this, or we that. That's not what this topic is about. So when I'm explaining that Carter G. Woodson was like, we need to learn about our people, I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm not going to dig any deeper into that because the other part of the conversation is not what we're discussing today, tonight, for those of you that's with me.
okay? So he wanted to make sure that students, the black folk, dug in, researched, and learned, and wrote about. So at the same time, just like my live last week, where we encourage family ethnography and reading comprehensions, he was encouraging black history, black ethnography, black anthropology, reading comprehensions, language arts, and writing. This was the purpose of this week that went on for some time. And then after a while, when, uh, to my understanding, when it uh, fizzled out, there were uh, black educational establishments that kept pushing it, kept doing it, and kept running with it. Here is the interesting fact. Most people don't know when it became a full month. It was not Carter G. Woodson that established it as a month. Remember, he established it as a week, and it ran as a week for a mighty long time. The person who established it as a month was President Gerald Ford in 1976. This is where, it, I don't want to say it gets funky, but this is where it gets what it gets, right? Hold on, let me take a sip of this. Excuse me. Gerald Ford decided to make a law to celebrate Black History Month. The entire month of February, not a week, an entire month of February. The reason why he did that was because he was lobbying for black votes. So in his run for president and in him speaking the, the rhetoric and jargon that we hear Biden, and mind you, this is not a political broadcast whatsoever, not right now. That's, I'm not talking uh, about ideology, political beliefs, right, wrong, indifferent, none of that stuff. All I'm saying is, just like any other candidate he or candidates that uh, target black votes, as he was targeting black votes, he decided as a, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, as a reciprocal relationship, he turned African-American History Week, Black History Week, into Black History Month. And this was in 1976, Joe Ford, okay? So now, from that point on, it has been a month. That's how we got to the month. That's why it's in February. And that's the basic history of Black History Month so far. And I say so far because there's other things we have to speak about. Now, before I get into the other things that I want to discuss in regards to how we go about celebrating, I want to talk about something which is a great segue from Gerald Ford establishing it as a month. Because I've heard, and I've done it too, so majority of the things that, that, that I speak about or, or bring to the table, bring to the people, and, and some of you guys chime in, some don't just listen or whatever have you, or some speak, you know, uh, DM me privately, inbox me privately with their thoughts. You know, I've either done, said, or, or was also misinformed. But that's the purpose of doing your due diligence, right? And that's why I always say I, I don't deal in absolutes because, you know, you, you may be well-versed in the area and then later on find out that there's even more information about that particular thing that you're well-versed in and you, you just learn new stuff, right? Now, with that being said, there, I've heard a lot of, I'll use HBCUs as an example. I'll use HBCUs as an example. Hold on, I'm just getting a, um, a DM right now. Who, 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 who? Oh, wow. Brock, I just read that. That's what's up. When you're ready to um, speak that publicly, I won't, I won't share that yet. So, 
Using HBCUs as an example, I've heard a few people and a few platforms discuss that HBCUs were established by white people or named after white people or even, I believe Dick Gregory said it, named after what is considered a race traitor. Some, uh, the, the story was um, the church in South Carolina that got shot up by Dylan, I believe his name, Dylan Roof, if I'm not mistaken, and he prayed with them and then he shot up everything. If my memory serves me correctly, uh, Dick Gregory said that there was another situation at that church in either the late 1800s or the early mid-1900s, where that was a ground zero for liberation and, and civil rights. And they were meeting there. I believe it was during slave time, if I'm not mistaken. And they were meeting there for, for discussing a rebellion and that there was a double agent, so to speak, that was in the meetings. And before they got to carry out their plan, the double agents had already informed the masses and things of this nature. So they went to one of the meetings, they killed everybody, and they named a HBCU after the informant. Why am I bringing this up, you ask? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. Just like Gerald Ford established Black History Month as a month, even though it wasn't his concept, it was Carter uh, G. Woodson's concept, who was a, you know, we already, most of us should know his contributions. Even though some of these um, HBCUs may not have been established by black, we got to keep in mind that HBCUs, I think, is the best example for this. They were the only schools available for black folk in the South. And the black folk that came out of this, um, out of these institutions, were some of the greatest minds that pushed our agenda, our movement, and everything forward. So I, I, what, what my point is, we, we, we have to stop quantifying things as, oh, well, you know, Black History Month, you know, a white man made it a month. Who cares? Okay? Who cares? Our priorities have to change when it comes to some of these things because some of these things really don't matter. Now, with that little bit of information being said, I want to talk about how we celebrate this. Because what ends up happening is there is this recycling of the same people over and over and over and over and over again. Martin Luther King, by far, was one of the most revolutionary civil rights activists just based on uh, his foresight of how to use the media. Then after getting spanked so hard that the average person would have folded and just went into the term I don't like to use, obscurity, if you guys remember last week. He reevaluated his message, publicly identified where he went wrong, and then approached it, you know, in, 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 in the way. You know, Malcolm X, we, we know Malcolm X was one of the most brilliant minds, and fiery speakers. Most people don't know he was debating Stanford and Harvard students while he was in prison. So, so when, when we hear this thing about he went to prison, then he got an education, then he came out of prison and started speaking on the corner, that's a, that, that's a marginalized piece of the story. Malcolm X went to a specialized school as a child. And when I say specialized, what we would call um, boarding school or, or something to this effect, uh, uh, independent school with a higher le level of education, right? So, so when he was in prison, he already had an education and could read. And he worked prior to getting arrested. A very good job, for that matter, if, if, if uh, my memory serves me correctly. So while he was in prison, 
And he wasn't seeking these people out. They were, they were calling the prison, seeking him out, requesting these debates. Again, I'm saying this so we can establish what I'm, what I'm saying is not to discredit these brilliant men. And women, for that matter. And just on another fun fact, Car- uh, Carter G. Woodson, as a historian, a professor, a journalist, a writer, a songwriter, he actually funded, if you will, put up the money, if you will, or as me and my brother and our friends say, sponsored Zora Neale Hurston to go to Africa and document what ends up being called the book Barracuda. Right. So, so, so we have to, you know, we have to understand when we say, well, we got to come together and all this stuff. We've been together. We've been documenting. And we're talking about someone who documented as well as written fictitious uh, black ethnographic uh, folk narratives. Now, getting back to my point, these, these men are great. Uh, Martin Luther King is great. Malcolm X was great. Harriet Tubman was great. Rosa Parks was great. We know this. The issue, I believe, is that we continue to regurgitate those stories. And then there are those who contributed to uh, the black story, those who contributed to black history, those who contributed to um, evolving, changing, for that matter, or, or, or... pushing forward the American story that we don't know, we never heard of, or we don't celebrate. And it doesn't just have to be someone from 100 years ago or 70 years ago or 60, 50 years ago and like this, right? We have people like Rodney Reynolds, the founder of American Legacy, the magazine that's now a, 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 tele, a streaming television uh, uh, channel. That, that, that we can celebrate. We have people like Kristen Wright Diaz. We have people like Nashima Harvey. We have people like Coach Black, Tyree, right, who works in the community. Hans Joseph, who works in the community. We have people like Keisha Gay Anderson. We have people like uh, 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 Gerald Pittman. You know, we have people like Roscoe McCoy. We have people like Wendell Diaz. You know, we have people like uh, Troy Purley. We have people like, uh, you just have the names come to me. I'm reciting it. Uh, uh, Junius uh, 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 Brickhouse, Todd Lawrence, Marilyn White, Wanda Addison, Langston Colin Wilkins. I can go down the list of people that are readily accessible that we could be also celebrating, which is what we do at the African-American Folklorist. As you know, if you've read any of our newspapers, I keep doing that. And that's not a shameless plug. Because what what I'm trying to establish is there are so many people that contributed to our story that are not known about. And this is not about fame and uh, a celebrity, but this is about honoring those who contribute to our history. There's Chief Warhorse, there's Phoenix Moon, right? These are people that work diligently to re-educate, reprogram, de, uh, what do you call it? Decolonize, speaking of uh, decolonize the music room, I think, you should look them up. Uh, Sister Brandy, you know, and, and Sister Valerie. There's so many um, people within the last 20, 10, and five years, and, and right now presently, that need to be uh, platformed in this month. I mean, throughout the whole year for that matter. But when we're speaking specifically about Black History Month, there's so many people that we could be highlighting so that we all know who is working diligently to move the story forward, right? I'm not saying I'm tired of listening about uh, Angela Davis because I will never be. I'm not saying I'm tired of listening 
or hearing or reading about Charlotte Fortin Grimke. As most of you know, I will never be. I write about her now. But what I am saying is, and mind you, that that, that particular name, most people don't know. Most uh, black educators and, and, and even non-black who are in the uh, ethno, ethnography or ethnomusicology space, they know, you know, but, but how many of the layperson that don't study this stuff know about her, right? Or John Wesley work. Or when we speak about John Wesley work, we can speak about John Wesley work. Uh, one, his father and mother, his wife, John Wesley work two, his brother, right? And wife and John Wesley work third, all folklorists, all exactly, exactly. We need new blood. Every, exactly. You know, and I'm happy you said that, Mrs. Pearlie, because what I'm going to do right now is what they call call to action. Again, we have a platform that you all could write for on, whether it's the print or the website. I challenge each and every one of you who has a story, bring it to our platform. Because what, what I'm getting to in regards of us stopping regurgitating the same story and the same story, Black History Month does not necessarily mean history makers on the world platform. It means history makers in your house. It means history makers in your building. It means history makers in your community. James Lane is another brother that, that should be celebrated. Right, I, I, uh, Chris Chris Page is another brother that should be celebrated, right? But but if if you don't know uh, particular people that I'm mentioning, it's fine. That's the purpose of a platform. Number one, number two, maybe your grandmother was the first black woman to sit as a a, a mother or a deacon, not a deacon, a mother or an elder at at a church. Maybe your grandfather was the first uh, black man in your community to own a, a mechanic shop or a print newspaper. Maybe it's not even that serious. Maybe your auntie was the one who made big pots of food. She lived by herself, right? Whether it's down the block, upstairs, but she cooked for 100 people every three days, and made sure everybody on that block got a plate. That's, that, that, that's black history. It's, it, you know, your family history is black history. So, so we don't have to just refer to those that are on the world stage. We do ourselves a disservice when we refer to those only on the world stage, because then again, we are buying into celebrity, which there's nothing wrong with uh, applauding those who worked hard enough to get in another tax bracket or to be recognized for their works, even if they're not in another tax bracket. But we are omitting the people that are tangible to us. Hear what I said. We are omitting the people who are tangible to us that by giving them this recognition means more to them than somebody you don't know. Because they are working hard for whatever purpose it is. They could be just knitting things. Every time someone in your community has a baby, they might knit something for them. That's folklore. That's history. That's black history. And they should be celebrated. Now, Delaney has something to say. So I'm thinking about folklore plus public education curriculum. And it feels like Black History Month is such a perfect and obvious place to start, especially as it relates to highlighting or exploring family ethnography. Well, it, it is, right? I mean, for me personally, when I say me personally, as someone of the uh, dark complexion, black melanated mahogany, African-American, black Indian, all these names, all, all, all these names, black history is every day. And that's what I'm trying to get to, right? But to your point, it is a great place to start specifically if you have black students, right? So if you, if you don't have black students, 
um, starting with Black History Month for family ethnography, you know, but, but, but I will say this, and I'm happy you brought this up because this is something else I wanted to talk about. So I'm jumping ahead a bit, but it's okay because you bring this up and, and I'm happy you brought this up. I'm really happy. Thank you, Delaney. We have to stop being so in our feelings across the board, right? Blacks, whites, yellows, reds, whatever you are, okay? We, we can't be in a situation where black people are stifling the heritage of someone that comes out of, whether it's Confederate, whether it's uh, Scandinavian, whether it doesn't matter. Just like, um, I don't know, what's considered, I, I, well, it's considered white native. I don't particularly care for that term, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to use it. They can't omit uh, European Jewish heritage, right? Japanese heritage, and, and so on and so forth. Right, because everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a history. Unfortunately, we all, well, fortunately and unfortunately, right? But to my point, unfortunately, in some versions, in some moments in other people's history, some of us are not the victors. Some of us are the prisoners, What's happening, Brother Kyle? Oh, my man, what's happening? Some of us are prisoners or, or victims or the losers in other people's story. And then there's others that are victims, whatever. But are we going to be so, you know, anal and emotional about it that we either omit it or work to have someone else's story eradicated, right? Because as a black person, it 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 makes me cringe when I see Elizabeth Taylor play uh uh what 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 is what is her name? Not Queen Sheba. What you you guys know? Because it was it was, it was the uh, uh uh I can't think of it. But it's a uh, it's a movie. Um, what is her name? I can't think of her name. But it's Egyptian uh, uh, uh ISIS, I believe it is. Right, I mean, it makes me cringe when when people say Eric Clapton is the blues, right? And this is not a racially motivated statement. Understand what I'm saying, Cleopatra? Thank you, Cleopatra. Thank you, Cleopatra. This is not a racially motivated statement in regards of division. Or, but but what I'm saying is. As black people fight to make sure our story is not erased and replaced, how could we in the same breath agree to erase someone else's heritage and history? Because we feel a way based on what history tells us. But then if you really, again, you guys know, I always say history it has been told and it's very convoluted and it's been told in, in, in many manipulative ways to the point where when we find out that there were blacks part of the Confederacy, we start calling them names rather than understanding their heritage, right? And it's vice versa. You know, you have white people, I don't want to hear that. I don't, I'm tired of hearing about slavery, and I'm tired of hearing about this, and I'm tired of hearing about that. You, we, we're doing each other a disservice when we all collectively uh, fight to eradicate and erase history, because all history, all things that happen aren't good. That's just the reality. We have to remove the emotional ties because just like perfect example in Texas, uh, I wrote about this on one of my websites. And I say, what do you see? I think it's Jack Dapper Blue's website. I, I wrote about this in Texas. Um, and I used to work in the, uh, in the bill. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the publisher. 
McGraw, McGraw and Hill. I believe that's the name of the publisher. And they was publishing uh, textbooks. And in Texas, this little dude noticed something was incorrect and he brought it to his mother. And they went public explaining how this textbook was giving an alternate version, an alternate story of what's considered black history in regards to slave slavery. Okay. Um, Dr. Joy DeGruy explained that one of her tours around the uh, Statue of Liberty, uh, there was misinformation. Right? So, so, if we continue to fight to eradicate versions of the story that don't make us feel good, isn't it that much easier to remove and reface the things we wish to celebrate? We, we, we can't, we, we can't, we can't double talk. We can't play in the middle. Because our story is very important. And as I speak about our story being very important, that goes back to in Black History Month this year. Today's the eve of the beginning of Black History Month. I implore you, I, I challenge you to... Don't write about someone on the world platform. Don't look to study someone on the world platform. Don't look to document someone on the world platform, even if it's someone as brilliant as Booker T. Washington, right? Or W.E.B. Du Bois. Or, or, you know, we can go down the list of all these people, you know, but don't do that this month. Look to document someone that's tangible, that when they see your perspective of this story, they are filled with, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what's the word? What's a good word? They've done their job to make it simple. To keep it, was kids keep it simple, stupid? They feel like they've done a good job. They're appreciated. Funny thing, I remember one time listening to Steve Harvey, and this woman called in and said, appreciated. And me and our oldest daughter, we laughed for like two months. So, and anytime we were saying thank you to each other, we said, appreciated. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. I, I, I implore you guys, I challenge you guys, and you have a place to publish these stories, document these stories on our platform. If you need any uh, assistance, if you want a workshop, or if you want to just uh, have a group chat about how to go about doing this, reach out and I'll set it up. Because that's part of what we do with the African-American folklorist, is make sure we we assist you all in, in the tools of documenting your people. So I, I challenge you all, do not go to study people who are on the world platform. What's happening, cuz? You know, I want, I want to come down and go fishing with you, bro. We're not that far from you now. <laughs> um... I'm I, I'm I'm really challenging you to to document, research, and write about someone tangible to you, your auntie, your daddy, your mama, your cousin, your uncle, your grandparents. It may not now if they're not in your family because like and I tell you guys this often, both my parents and all of my grandparents has transcended. Luckily, I got some of the story from them in their mouth before they went on to the next to the next dimension, right? So, so if you want to get it from 
these particular uh, uh, people and they're still alive in your household or they're still available to you, then again, I, I encourage you to speak to them while they're still living. And don't wait until after the funeral and then you're trying to figure things out. And you're like, I should have asked him this. And then now you're trying to search around. Well, who would know this? That If you can speak to them now, do it. Okay? But if, 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 if it's not someone that is blood related, then it's someone who is kin. If it's not someone who is kin, it could be someone that you, 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 you may do no more than give a head nod to walking down the street. And if somebody, you know, in your media community puts you on to what they're doing for the people. And when I say the people, I, it doesn't have to be a large group of people. They could just be making sure once a week they make homemade soup and give it to three people in their building. And they've been doing this for years and no one knows about it except the people in the building or a couple of people in the building. This person deserves to be celebrated in Black History Month because that's black history. Now, how is that black history, you ask? Because kinfolk, y'all know what I'm talking about. Black folk use the word, that's my kinfolk. Since I was a baby, I heard this. What is kinfolk? Kinfolk is your extended family. This is a tradition, a way of life, a culture that was established long before uh, so-called slavery and servitude, long before being a prisoner of war, long before unscrupulous business practices that has disenfranchised our communities. But, and this is the irony, because kinfolk was established just through tribal interactions, when we became prisoners of war, when we became disenfranchised, when we fell to servitude and the things of this nature, right? Kinfolk, kinship, extended family is how we survived. So you can check your kinfolk who the people in your building, the people that live in the house next door to you, people live around the corner from you, have their work in your respective community and you will be doing them a great service if you take the time and document and celebrate them for Black History Month. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraging you to not Look at someone on the world stage and turn it on the inside and look to somebody tangible in arm's reach, as my man OG Pop used to say. He was like, everything in arm's reach, L, everything in arm's reach. I, I, I'm asking you earnestly, celebrate these particular people for Black History Month because that's how you keep the story going. That's how you preserve your family, your kinfolk, your story. That's actually what Black History Month is. That's actually what black history is. That's why you see great... Now, mind you, in that, we still want, you know, and I'm going to do my best to make sure that I, I continue to interview people like Chief Warhorse, uh, Phoenix Moon, uh, Langston Colin Wilkins, Todd Lawrence, Marilyn White, I'm forgetting so many people. Junius Lee Brookhouse, um, um, Wendell Days, Coach Black, um, um, Gerald Pittman, um, 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 Roscoe McCoy, Kristen Wright Diaz, uh, uh, Nashima Harvey, uh, 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 Troy Pearlie, Denise Pearlie. I'm going to, and, and I'm going down the list of people. Not only did I grow up with, but that's on my Facebook list and other social media platforms. Hans Joseph, because all of these people and more, Emmanuel the Edifier Gayat, who is who who does tremendous work for his community, right? I'm trying not to forget anybody. Anthony Sanders McNeil, who 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 does tremendous work in the medical field. Don Flemings, what's happening, brother? Don Flemings, another one who we have great conversations. But 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 the point I'm making is. 
all these people contribute to a large, uh, 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 they, they contribute significantly to our culture, our history, our tradition, our kinfolk, our story. So when we're thinking about Black History Month this, this year, oh, we could just stretch it for the entire year. When we're thinking about studying, celebrating, documenting, turn it inward and look at the people that is in arm's reach, that are doing things every day, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, that goes unnoticed and goes back to that word I don't like, which is obscure because they will be obscure to outsiders. Excuse me. And when I say outsiders, I don't necessarily mean just outside the black community. Outside of their respective communities, they, they will be considered obscure, but to the people they serve, we spoke about this last week. I'm going to try not to, you know, reiterate. So, so I, I, I'm encouraging you and I'm inviting you to submit these works to our platform. And if you need any type of tools, if you, and when I say tools, just understanding how to utilize the tools. Or, 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 or if you want to, 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 if you don't know where to start, whatever it is, contact me directly. Because that's what, and if you go to the African American Folklorist page, or if you got the book, it actually says the African American Folklorist, um, our foundation also provides a proactive charitable program that equips the African American community with the necessary tools of the folklorist. How and what to research, cross-reference, producing, and publishing their story. This is part of our works. All right, this is part of our works. You know, and, and I'm going to say this because I, I, I see a lot of, you know, People are always questioning the validity of organizations. People are always questioning the validity of people's works. People are always, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, making blanket statements, oh, well, they're just doing it for themselves, or they're just trying to make money, or they just, just well, first and foremost, we all trying to make money. Let's be clear about that. We all have to make money. Let's be clear about that. Because we all have to feed our families if we are married with children or if we just have children or whatever the case it is. Or if you are single and not in a relationship, you still have to feed yourself. So let's be clear when we're accusing people of that are doing good works of trying to beat somebody in the head. You know, I remember Boyce Watkins. Uh, when he was very active on Facebook and on, on, on this one uh, post when he was talking about his book, there was like 20 people talking about, well, why you ain't giving it for free? If you ain't, you talk about you want to help the black community, but you ain't giving it for free. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Matter of fact, and, and, and Ms. Pearlie asked me to mention this and I wasn't going to, but I have to because at the end of the day, we are all working to one do great works to feed our people so i think it's a ridiculous concept for people to ask or or, or accuse people when they're trying to help now when things are free most people don't come some people do right but this is a charitable workshop in regards to the African-American folklorists as what I read, right? This is charitable, right? But, but all organizations, all people in professional spaces needs to be paid for their work. I want to say, first and foremost, those of you who bought the Black History uh, Blues line, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you. And for those of you that I've bought your products, you don't have to appreciate me. I bought your products because I appreciate you. Right? Now, let me see if I could 
I'm not going to bring that up. I'm going to post where you can get these shirts. I'm going to post where, well, matter of, yeah, most of you know you could just reach out to me here, if you will. If you want to put together a Zoom or something and discuss how you can uh, begin interviewing your peoples, right? We are still accepting submissions for March's special edition Women's Month African-American Folklorist Newspaper Issue. Okay, we got some great people that work with us. We got some great articles that came in already. Don't forget, we have also healthy alternatives to coffee uh, for juicing. We have Super Reds, we have Super Greens, we have Keto Coffee, we have uh, Skinny Coffee that helps you lose weight, right? So just reach out. But I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Please. This Black History Month, try not to celebrate the LeBron Jameses of the world. Not because we're hating. He's done great works. And he worked hard to get into his position. However, the person that lives next door to you person that raised you or helped raise you, the person that you was in their class for whether it was one semester or 10 years and you gave them hell, but they challenged you as much as hells you gave them, they challenged you more. And at the end of that journey, you turned around it's like, yo, I'm so happy this person challenged me to step my game up. These are the people you need to be celebrating and documenting about. Because these are the people that really have a direct uh, contribution to your life. And that's black history. That is black history. Okay? And if you want to distribute some of the products that we, Denise and I, distribute, reach out to us with that as well. All right? So I'm going to let y'all go. Uh, but remember, remember, remember. You want to have a workshop or just discuss some things in regards to how to get started, reach out to me. You want one of these products, products reach out to me or Denise. All right? And we're going to get this going. I'll see you all next Sunday. Remember, we all have a story. We all are responsible to tell our stories. And we should never, never omit or erase someone else's story. We don't have that right. Peace and love.